hey! Thanks so much for joining me today on the Cocktai Podcast. I'm your host, Gary. In case you're new to the show, I'm the editor and chief photographer here at Fortner.com. Spoiler alert, I hate taking photos, which is why our Instagram is completely empty. You may have seen me as the DM for Quest for the Cure, or on Icehole's Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, as Cicero on Cyberpunk Independence, as Doc on Scribes and Scrolls, or sailing on the SS Failboat over on Talon and Claw. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the show, or follow us on social media at fortnerd.com. That's fortnerd, D-O-T-C-O-M. Or both. Both works for me, but whatever works for you is fine. There's stuff in the news, but I really want to get straight to today's guest, D&D Jordan Lee. Jordan's a variety streamer who streams on her channel D&D Jordan Lee. She'll play video games and occasionally host incredible D&D events, raising money for extremely worthwhile causes. You can also see her every Monday night on Mini Terrain Domain's epic new campaign, Scribes and Scrolls, The Candlekeep Mysteries. I hope you enjoy my chat with Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I always like to ask the same question to people when they first join me, because I'm always curious about how their journey with D&D started. Some people started with video games, other people started with tabletop games, but you have enough experience with D&D that I'm really curious what that first game was like for you. Who introduced <laughs> you to D&D? Who put this in your blood? And uh, who's scoring <laughs> them for it? <laughs> um, so my kind of journey in the D&D slash TTRPG space uh, has been definitely interesting. Um, I went to a uh, Quaker school here on the East Coast. Um, and but what was great about it is they were really cool with, you know, wanting everyone to be a jock, a nerd. They really wanted you to be well-rounded. So like, hey, if you were in choir and in band, you were actually really cool too. <laughs> so like they encouraged that, which was great and created a really great environment. So that helped to kind of foster this whole creativity space. So I remember one of my English classes, uh, one of my teachers had been talking about Dungeons and Dragons. So, and then pretty soon after that, people started playing. Now I, I was unbelievably so a little bit shy in high school. So um, while I was really, really out there with theater and with sports, when it came to something like D&D, especially the math, my parents will tell you anything with math, I would immediately run away because I just, I'm not good at it. Um, but I really liked the idea that you could do storytelling. I loved that. Um, so I ended up sitting and kind of in the back of the classroom and kind of watching these games happen. Um, it wasn't until college, uh, my boyfriend at the time was actually DMing my freshman year um, that I started to kind of explore it a little bit more. Um, and then actually played my first game my senior year of college um, that kind of got me into it really. Um, but as it happens, there's some gatekeepers in the community that don't necessarily like having a girl in that space. So they made it very clear that they didn't. Um, and so I ended up actually leaving the DD community for a while. Um, and between doing that and like getting my master's degree and stuff, things were just too hectic. Um, but it got to the point that, um, I, I'm, I deal with chronic pain. So I was looking for some kind of outlet and I want to say I, I found critical role or critical role found me, however that may do it. Uh, and I started watching it and talking to uh, one of my best friends at the time who was, uh, was dating her now husband. Um, so we started talking more. I started talking to him to get to know him, making sure that he wasn't a serial killer, wasn't going to hurt her. Um, and we started talking about D&D and then we put together a game online and we just, it's, it's kind of taken off from there. I would say probably more so in the last four or five years that I've been really in this space and just kind of exploring it. It's a very long-winded answer. I apologize, but. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I brought you on because nobody wants to hear me talk. I, I mean, do. Oh, well, you know, it's, that's, I appreciate that, but I know the <laughs> listeners and they want to hear you talk. So that's why my questions are short. And when your answers are long, it's great, but I'm curious because you have, obviously you've been playing for four or five years, as you said, mm -hmm. and 
but you've become very active in D&D. I know you're you're playing in streamed games, you're hosting streamed events, but you're also playing offline uh, as yes. well, we've talked about. What was it about Dungeons and Dragons that got its claws into you and just mm-hmm. didn't let go? Um, A couple different things. One, I, and I think, I used to write a lot of stories. And I think, you know, when, and, when you're a little bit younger and high adulting isn't as hectic, um, you have a little bit more time. So I really loved the idea of active and collaborative storytelling. It is so interesting. And for me, D&D is such a collaborative piece because you not only have the improv, but you have your backstories. You have the dice rolls, which Lily will determine, you know, if a, a character lives or dies or how well you do something or how badly you do something. Um, but it's also just a way of processing. Uh, so for me, and it's actually really kind of interesting because uh, I know you and I play in a game on Monday nights. Um, Asaria was the first character that brought me back into D&D. Mm. So she actually kind of holds special meaning and without saying too much, because we haven't literally, we haven't dived into yeah. backstories yet. Yeah. Um, but with her story too, um, it's kind of paralleled with mine. Um, she's very, for those that, hey, scribes and scrolls on Monday nights, um, <laughs> she's, she's a bit awkward. Um, she's trying to figure out where she is in life. She's a ranger. Um, she's got a wolf companion. While I don't have wolf companions, I have, I have cats um, that are, are adorable. Um, but her journey was kind of me coming to terms with, at the time, we didn't know what was causing me chronic pain. So, um, and it didn't seem like we were ever going to really have that kind of um, answer. So D&D helped me kind of find that answer in a way that it was okay. Um, and I just loved being able to, you know, work with other folks, but that kind of helped <laughs> be like, okay, it's this, <laughs> this is what's the reason why. And that may not be the case and it's not, but it was helping me kind of process and kind of push past that and push past a lot of the boundaries um, and borders that I had kind of caged myself in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's given me a lot of confidence. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm a lot more out there and open than I was about four or five years ago. Um, and I want to be more involved. Uh, but just, <laughs> I love that Dungeons and Dragons doesn't necessarily also mean you're going to be in a dungeon, you're going to be fighting dragons. It literally can be anything. That's amazing. That kind of storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did an interview with somebody who worked at Wizards years ago. And, you know, something that he said stuck with me is that, you know, I can put a castle floating in the sky surrounded by a thousand dragons being pulled by a floating elephant. And it's I say it's there, so it's there. If mm-hmm. I wanted to put that into a video game, it would cost $10 billion. It would be impossible. But mm-hmm. in, in Dungeons and Dragons, I say that it's there and it's there. Yeah. I, I think Dungeons and Dragons has an uncanny power to, like you're saying, to help people process things. I know I've spoken about this on the show before, but I've done interviews with folks who talked about how they knew people who were trans and the, they played a, a character that was different from their birth gender and it gave them insight into who they were as a person and, and helped them mm-hmm. live their true self. And uh, I think that <clears throat> that's, that's beautiful. And it's, oh, yeah. it's Dungeons and Dragons and I love it. It's, I think one of those things that is so layered, like for mm-hmm. me, it's, it's incredibly hard to watch TV nowadays because i'm like oh okay i can kind of predict what's going to happen yeah. next with dnd you don't know you don't know and the moment you think you know everything everything changes mm-hmm. um but i think that's so fascinating the layers that can kind of come from it and the symbolism and it's just it's honestly like i think who was it liam o'brien said that it's like shakespeare it's mm-hmm. just it's it's you're telling a story you're telling the story of these heroes or however you may be playing D&D or these tabletop games and it's just an experience and you know when you talk about it it's not oh my my character did this it's 
I mean, we did it just before the show. You're we like, remember when we did this? It, yep. It's our experience of it. And it's still valid. And it's so true. So, yeah. I mean, we're all the heroes in our own stories. But in Dungeons and Dragons, we are the hero in our own story. That's very true. <laughs> uh, and I did want to add, I forgot to uh, say after your first answer, uh, this is my show. So I'm going to say fuck gatekeeping. Uh, everyone's welcome yeah. in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Anybody who says otherwise is a fucking dick. Mm-hmm. And um, content warning because it deserves it. So, <laughs> um, you're a variety streamer. You have your own your own channel, D and D Jordan Lee. You're a mm-hmm. producer and a, a player. How did you get your start in streaming? Because playing D and D, tabletop games, video games, and streaming are not the exact same thing. No. Um, and again, that was a little bit of a journey too. Um, I. I uh, got quickly into the TTRPG space um, and started kind of sounding off on, on Twitter. Um, and then I joined a group online uh, that, that closed down shortly after, but it kind of lit a fire under my butt in terms of what I wanted to do. Because again, joined and then found out, hey, they only added me because I was a girl. Uh, mm-hmm. So they wanted to fill that whole thing. And for me, I was like, well, I can offer a lot more and I know I can. So um, I ended up meeting up with one of my best friends to the state, um, who was actually an admin on a channel um, and was very heavily involved in charity streaming in D&D, which was a completely like void topic to me. I had no mm-hmm. idea that you could do that kind of thing. And for me, charity streaming is something that I really care about. Mm -hmm. Um, So the idea that that could happen. So she ended up teaching me everything I know in terms of how to produce, um, how to do D&D a little bit more in depth, um, getting more involved with that. Um, And earlier this year, we ended up closing down that community. um, But I still really wanted to do stuff in this space. So it was kind of nice because, I mean, we, we made sure the community was good. Um, and went to really other amazing communities that were out there. It was a good decision, but it also gave me a kind of a moment to kind of breathe and think about what my next step is. And for once in probably the last four or five years, be really selfish in what I want to do. Um, so I just, I started streaming. I was like, all right, well, we're going to play some games. Uh, so our first game was an MMO. <laughs> Um, and we were questing for pants because for goodness sakes, for like the first 20 something levels, they would not give my character <laughs> a decent level of like pants. It was level one and I'm level 30. Uh, so that's not going to work. Um, but it just kind of took off. So we have the Haven Wolf Pack um, just because, you know, I want this to be a safe space for anyone that needs it. Um, I think all of us have have had a moment of whether we know it or not of, of not feeling like we belong and not knowing where we fit in. Mm -hmm. And I really just want to punch that notion in the face and be like, no, you belong here. (laughs) You're valid. Um, so I just, it took off. Uh, I ended up making amazing friends with Jake and Dwight from mini terrain domain. And they invited me on board with that. Um, you know, I, I recently got only got involved with uh, another organization as well. So it's 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 kind of in a winding path and I'm figuring I feel like <laughs> one of those ping pong balls, <laughs> just kind of figuring it out as I go. Um, but it's just been a ton of fun. But our main game of the channel is we play Dead by Daylight. Mm-hmm. But a lot of folks that are coming have never heard about it. They know me in the D&D space. So I try to teach them the similarities because there's a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's very comparable to D&D. So, you know, it's, it's, I think oftentimes in this space, people feel like they have to be all D&D or all video games. And I really want to, again, kind of defy mm-hmm. that logic of be like, no, you can be both. It's totally fine. Yeah. You don't need to choose bread or, or water. You can have both. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it totally, totally makes sense. And I definitely want to talk about MTD and how and how that started. I'm curious, though, because you just started Final Fantasy 14. And there's a reason why you did that. Mm-hmm. And of course, you started Sea of Thieves. So why did you choose to, to move from World of Warcraft to Final Fantasy 14? And why did you start the, the Sea of Thieves? As you know, mm-hmm. uh, I am a, a 
big fan of Sea of Thieves. So I'm curious. I had I had no you idea. No, really? No, oh, no. <laughs> you know, I wish like I'd put it on T-shirts and have people mm. make these T-shirts for me. And uh, I actually recently was just gifted a T-shirt that has the Sea of Thieves logo on it. Ooh. And it has my catchphrase below it, heavy bales. <laughs> so I I'm, love that. Yeah, I'm really, I'm going to wear it on a stream at some point. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I mean, why, why those games in particular? Why did you make the shift away from World of Warcraft? And yeah. when you're considering a new game to stream, what sort of goes into that decision? What are you thinking about? Certainly. Um, so World of Warcraft was the game that uh, I started off with because uh, it was a game that uh, for me in, in high school being slightly awkward, um, <laughs> just I ended up playing that game a lot. Um, and for me, it's, it's very nostalgic. And, and so on Sunday mornings, uh, Goblin Katie and I, we have a stream called, uh, well, we recently rebranded it, um, but it was Classic Brunch. So I had never played Classic WoW, so Goblin was kind of walking me through it we were dying a lot it was fine mm -hmm. um but with everything that's been going on in the news lately um and both goblin and i talked about it a bit um we don't want to kind of have our communities exposed to that mm -hmm. we want to take a stand because what's happening is incorrect things need to be fixed a lot of things need to be fixed yeah so we talked about it. We didn't want to cancel our stream because that's our fun time literally yeah. each week where she and I have a set time we can goof off because um, we're usually both running around. Um, and it's a nice way to start the Sunday because normally we both hate Sundays. Right. We hate it. Um, so it's a nice little way to wake up and, and do that. Uh, so we were talking about like what other games you would want to play. Um, we did consider Skyrim because I, I love Skyrim, but I'm a completionist. Mm -hmm. That game takes me forever. Yeah. <laughs> and we wanted something that would be entertaining, but still kind of fun mm -hmm. um, and fun for us, but also our viewers as well or, and our friends that are just hanging out. Um, so Final Fantasy was recommended. I had played the Final Fantasy series when I was younger. So again, a little bit of nostalgia and it was exactly what we were kind of looking for. Um, so we just started playing, I want to say about two weeks ago and Goblin and I are hooked to the point that I've had to lock myself out of the account. I can't, I can't play my main character without her. Mm -hmm. So because we're constantly in competition on leveling, it's yeah. going to be cheating if I level ahead yeah. and then it's just not fun. Um, you know, I like that with this system <laughs> and the way that we've kind of worked it yes our characters are are the main characters in their own stories but a lot of our quests overlap mm -hmm. we'll do the voices so <laughs> <laughs> we'll do what we think is is doing uh happening in that or what their voices might be which feeds into the voice acting that we like to do as well um but it's just been a nice little stress relief we have a death counter because that still happens a lot yeah it, it just does but yeah it's a nice way to just take a breather before like the hectic week kind of starts um, in terms of games and deciding like what I'm going to run on the channel. Um, oftentimes I may ask a few of my like friends or my mods, like, Hey, what are we thinking? Thinking about running this. Um, I do do my research before playing games just because um, again, I'm very much a, while I do like to play the darker games like Resident Evil, et cetera, mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I give a content warning um, and, and we have built-in content warnings into the channel um, just because, hey, this may not be someone's thing um, or it's maybe something that's problematic in the game. Uh, so I want to address that and try to not necessarily turn into a positive, but reframe it by reframing it a little bit, not making it acceptable, just saying like, hey, this is how we're seeing it. Like mm -hmm. Dead by Daylight, for instance, one of my favorite games. I know you've seen me play it at mm -hmm. least a million times, mm -hmm. um, but there is a very problematic killer. Uh, he's, he's known as a doctor mm -hmm. um, and he can kind of send this electric current that will make you scream in the game. And then you start seeing him in multiple places. So there's this whole thing about for me, I like to try and change the conversation about mental health and stigma around it. 
So there's a point in the game that you get to that you are trying to snap yourself out of it. I'm not trying, I'm not using any of the language that the game actually uses. I think mm-hmm. you have an idea what it's referencing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we try to frame it of, okay, we're in a stressful situation. So we're going to try and take ourselves out of it. We're literally, we'll go in a locker and try and snap out of it. Um, and then we're going to try and remove ourselves from the stressful situation by either we're going to get hooked and we're, we're out because the entity has taken us, or we're going to get out by a gate and, and, and bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to reframe it and use that as a pinpoint to then talk about those kind of, in this case, I would say a negative ripple in the gaming community, I think kind of helps that conversation, um, to answer your sea of thieves, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you have, uh, Nick's, uh, MC etching mm-hmm. on Twitter, uh, to thank, uh, he is basically my big bro. Um, and he does these fantastic charity streams once a month. Uh, where he will get a group of players together, but he always pulls in one new person. So I was the new person because I had never played. Mm. Never. Um, and I love the ocean. I love the sea. I love ships. I love all of that. So started playing in a charity stream and I got hooked immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was a lot of fun. It's a nice little break from Dead by Daylight um you know it's it's such a stunning game too um and my my day was made when i got some pets in the game uh so yeah again i think these games and for me when i go into deciding about these games it's okay can i play this with friends and can i also play this by myself Mm -hmm. um because yes while it is fantastic to be able to play with a group it's also kind of nice to just take a second and just have a moment to myself in terms of that and see if these allows you to do that dead by daylight allows you to kind of do that as well and i like that more and more games are starting to be like that dark alliance is like that as a game though i will only play with friends but yeah. yes <laughs> well and and yeah it's, it's not every game does it well um and mm-hmm. you know dead by daylight and sea of thieves uh, you know you can play them individually or together and, and they're great i think the solo experience for dark alliance specifically isn't isn't that great and it, mm-hmm. it got some bad reviews and i they make me feel bad because i feel like all of these reviewers were playing it solo and yeah. i did an interview with one of the designers and they're like yeah you can play solo but we designed this game to play with friends yeah so i feel like it got some unfair criticism and ali and i have been playing it we didn't last night because i didn't feel like it but um and we've been playing through it and we've been having a great time so and it's hilarious i love hearing the, seeing the goblins get yeeted <laughs> like it's just so comedic yeah. um and and some of the things that happen in the game um <laughs> it's but that's the beauty of it right that's the beauty of, of streaming that's the beauty of D. it's the hilariousness it's the storytelling that can kind of happen because with Sea of Thieves or with Dead by Daylight or with Dark Alliance, you can tell your own story in that mm-hmm. too. You can be those camp counselors in a horror movie. You <laughs> can be those pirates of the Caribbean. You can do whatever in those games and in those spaces. And it's very transformative. So it's not just the same yeah. boat that you're on or the same you know, map that you're on. You're making it your own. I mean, Allie and I mostly argue during dark alliance but you know that's that's our transformative transformative (laughs) process for some reason she levels faster than me and it gets under my skin and i have no idea why uh that's how goblin and i work too although in in final fantasy so far i've been able to level up ahead of her Mm. but so this is the odd thing though about final fantasy and again, D&D, relating it back. So you know how they have the whole movement speeds in Mm D&D and usually smaller beings can't run as quickly mm-hmm. she's playing like a lot of little <laughs> like a little cute she's like bailing faster than i am <laughs> and i'm just like this is defying all D logic it's the worst i i'm here for it like don't get me wrong i'm not gonna gatekeep that i think that's fantastic and it's hilarious and it just makes me think if like <laughs> gimli had that problem in <laughs> lord of the rings he not have been complaining as much but that's fair <laughs> I want to switch to to TTRPGs a little bit because you recently hosted uh, 
a very successful fundraising weekend. You raised money for Color of Change and you raised more than $6,000 in three or four days of streaming. I can't remember if you started on the Thursday or not. Why did you choose to support Color of Change? And going into the weekend, what was your expectation for this event? Sure. Um, So for me, uh, this was the second of three charity streams for Color of Change. Um, I did my first one in February, and then there will be another one that's coming up in November. Um, But for me, with everything that went on last year Mm -hmm. um, and kind of hearing my friends talk about it too, I'm one of those people that I get really sick of talking about things. I need to do something. Mm -hmm. And so I want to focus on these issues year round, not just, and it's not just the issues that color of change addresses. I'm talking about all issues, LGBTQIA, trans lives, um, you know, stop AAPI hate, all of that. Um, We need to focus on these issues all year round, not just when it's convenient not just in specific months because it's, you know, women's history month or whatever it may be. We need to give voices to these individuals year round. Only then can we really talk about having conversations to change. So for me this year, the whole charity has a charity stream aspect has been dedicated to color of change. Um, In February, we raised just over $3,000. Um, July, we raised <laughs> roughly about a little over six thousand and sixty-nine cents um, in terms of that. So we are actually really close to hitting ten k for the year, um, which was the original goal. Um, and I like, I just want to try and make this world a better place. I realize that I have a voice, I have a platform. I want to use that to signal boost and give voice to others in the communities because we need to be listening to them all the time. They are valid. They are important. They deserve to be in this space. So I'm going to use that to my advantage in terms yeah. of giving them a, a boost where I can. Um, Nick says it perfectly when he says rising tides raise all ships. Mm-hmm. We need to be doing that for each other versus tearing each other down. Mm-hmm. We are all trying to do pretty similar, if not the same things. We all want the best. Let's work together and make it happen. Um in terms of expectations for the weekend, um, I learned in February, don't have any because <laughs> your community is going to just blow it out of the water. Um, in February, the goal was to raise $1,000 for the entire year. I honestly thought I was going to maybe raise like maybe 500, which is mm-hmm. still good. Yeah. Um, but again, my community was like, <laughs> that's cute and raise 3000. So I was like, okay, they'd said that and everyone's challenging me. I'll put the goal of 3000 and we'll go from there. And we hit 3000 by the end of fully day one. <laughs> and I was like, okay, then, um, here's where we're at now. <laughs> so, uh, between that and then, uh, we were really lucky and had some amazing people that were working, uh, with and we ended up on Twitch front page, which was a an adventure in itself mm-hmm. um, in terms of that. Um, but it just felt great to again give a a spotlight and a platform to one some amazing folks that are in the community that people may not know about, and you should, um, as well as this cause because it's we talk about it, right? I feel like, and it's as it does, right? There are these phases and and fads that kind of happen where we talk about a lot of the big hitting issues and then something else will grab our attention and then we kind of forget about hey there's still problems that are happening we need to fix it we can't just let it go so that that really was and is like my mission I just want to try and, and make better safer spaces and call attention to that um, and if I can help my friends feel empowered to do that too, because I think literally everybody told me they're helping me <laughs> on November because I ran everything for the July. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just been really great. I'm, I'm just very lucky, but I try not to have any expectations except for I'm hoping everyone's going to have fun and whatever amount we raise, even if it's a dollar, it's a dollar for a good cause. Dollar and fun. Sounds like yeah, sounds like a party. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think that Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop gaming in general 
has become such an effective vehicle for charitable fundraising. I mean, we've seen it in a bunch mm-hmm. of events. I mean, Quest for the Cures, we've almost mm-hmm. raised 25,000. Jasper's Game Day over the last few years has raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it, and you've done such a good job for Color of Change, raising almost 10K in, in two you. events. Um, why, do, why do you think that is? What do you think it is about Dungeons & Dragons that's doing that? Um, I think it's, it's definitely TTRPGs in general, because, I mean... I just did a uh, Honey Heist uh, All Owlbears one um, mm. with uh, Robo Goblin uh, through it together. I love Robo Goblin. Please go follow support. Um, but I think it's just it goes back to, again, that collaborative storytelling. Mm-hmm. And there's, I know, quite in a few people in our communities that I call uh, Paladins of Chaos that will literally <laughs> donate for chaotic things to happen. Um, and seeing how the players can, can kind of maneuver around it, but also how the DM can kind of maneuver around it. Um, my big bro Duval and I have talked about charity streams quite a bit. And I think as a player playing in one of those one shots that is being impacted by charities and as a DM, you're going to grow immensely from it because you're going to have to adapt quickly. Yeah. Um, but also it can be extremely entertaining because now all of a sudden, you know, this giant dragon you're fighting is breathing jelly beans. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's hilarious. Or uh just the it goes again, I think just back to the collaborative storytelling. And now you have it's it's not just the players in the DM that are adding to it, which happens, you know, with any streamed game you have the 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 audience is interacting you know in our monday um night it's they're giving us little things so we can re-roll so (laughs) hey jake the dm needs to now re-roll something or we need advantage it gives us an opportunity and i think that's what makes it really different right is is them being able to even if it's a small little thing it, it can have massive ripple effects across the uh, story, big mm-hmm. and small. And for some of those DMs, they make their one shots canon in, in terms of what just happened. So, yeah. And, and the, the, the wild thing is people, people want to be engaged. They want to yes. participate. You know, we were having a conversation on Twitter about will, what's going to happen Will pre-recorded shows take over because of the higher production values they yeah. offer or will live shows take over? And I think there's going to be both because yeah. I think that audiences want, like that in, in immediate gratification is really the right word of having, having saying something funny and then having one of the players respond. Mm-hmm. So to give you an example, I, we did the, the liberation of the Evangeline three Mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago on the talent and claw channel raising money for jesse's journey and mm-hmm. i put up a 200 dollars goal to to shave my mustache live on screen because for various reasons i had shaved part of my facial hair and the mustache was all that was left mm-hmm. <clears throat> somebody in chat said why not wax it and so the donation went up to 350 dollars, and my donate my mustache got waxed live on screen and people they, everybody loved it they felt engaged yeah. everybody was kicking it in cash because they wanted to see me suffer um and uh, regrettably for me that's become a bit more of a uh, focal point in our charity streams that i'm involved in than i would like but it, it sort of is what it is anyways it's engagement i agree with you i like oh I, yeah i think that's awesome yeah and I, again i think it also goes back to the immediate gratification but also you don't know like what's going to happen if the person's going to be truly joyful or horrified or both yeah um you know and i I, to kind of again jump from ttrpgs to games um i remember because i know you play phasmophobia Mm -hmm. um there was so happy capster and i were playing phasmophobia and there was a donation counter in that um we would do in the style of house hunters so someone donated and literally like we were at the farmhouse and happy capster was the realtor um and i was like oh i'm just looking for like a three bedroom with like you know this amount of space i need a craft room and my budget's a hundred thousand dollars thanks like (laughs) and trying to like keep in that story okay you're giving us ridiculous (laughs) like storylines and we have to now fit it into something that's gonna be viable perfect (laughs) 
Yeah, Phasmo, Phasmo's, uh, Phasmo's oh a boy. big name. Yeah. 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 Um, so you talked about mental health, and, and it's something we talk about on Scribes and Scrolls and on Mini Terrain Domain, because mental health is such an important facet of sort of all of what we're doing, because you matter, and that's something that yeah. all of us really strongly believe. You recently became an ambassador for Take This. Yes. For those that don't know, what is Take This? Why is it important to you? And why did you choose to become an ambassador for them? Um, so Take This is an organization based out in Seattle. Um, they are working to give resources to streamers, gamers, um, viewers, anybody that's in this space uh, with different resources, such as the helplines, um, if you've dealt with gamer harassment, um, they are just really working hard, incredibly hard to change the stigma around mental health, right? Because unfortunately, we live in a society where mental health is still kind of hushed in terms of talking about it. Um, it is um, very unfortunate in that mindset. Um, and I think it's good that we're having more of these conversations, but we need to normalize it, right? So I really love what Take This has been doing in terms of that. Um, so when the um, ambassador application process came out, uh, I was like, it lines up with what I'm trying to do. I don't use ableist language on my streams. I don't permit my guests to use any ableist language either. Um, anytime a word may pop up, we use it as a learning lesson of, hey, what's another vocabulary like we learned in SATs and ACTs that would be a better word to use. We want to take away that negative stigma around it. So trying to use it as a positive in terms of that. Um, but I've always been, you know, I've struggled with anxiety. Um, I've struggled with depression um, and a couple other things. So it's helped me by having this conversation and not, you know, dumping my entire experience, but being able to put everything and being like, hey, these are the resources that are out there. Because while I'm an ambassador, while I'm a streamer too, I'm not a therapist. I have a background in psychology, but I am not anyone's therapist. Mm -hmm. So my main thing is I just, I saw a need. I saw that a lot of my friends were going through some stuff too. And I wanted to give them the resources. Um, I have been touched in my life by mental illness, again, not only for me, but from others in my family. Um, and I just, I really want to change that whole mindset, you know, that talking about it is bad. Um, if you need help, you need help and that's okay. And it's okay to not be okay. I know we say that a lot more now, but I think it's still something that we need to kind of hammer home because I think, and speaking more to my experience like you were uh, I was brought up at least that you need to show that you're okay like at all times so <laughs> admitting that hey I need help that's yeah. not easy to do and being able to do that and and knowing that there's a support group around you makes it so much easier I mean mental health is health that's yeah. just fundamental and I I the last five years, I would say, it's definitely come much further out of the shadows than it had probably in the previous 30, if not 50 or 60. But there's more to do. Yeah, there's, there's more to do. There's more to do. Um, it makes me very happy to see more streamers that are changing their language or correcting and trying to use that opportunity to correct. Um, it's you're basically rewiring right um it's the unfortunate thing of we use a lot of slang that are is very ableist when you realize it mm. um and that's something that i still struggle with and i have had moments but i quickly try to correct um but i think just being supportive of each other um and just more workplaces more places in general need to take the seriousness that is mental health into effect because so often it is, okay, well, you look fine. Okay, I may look fine on the outside, but inwardly, yeah. it's chaos, and it's not a good chaos, and I need assistance in that space. And it's it's a struggle because, and I, I'm watching, I'm streaming Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and one of the things that I've been trying to do 
is stop using words like crazy or insane to describe mm-hmm. whatever. And I've started using wild a lot or bonkers or, or bananas, neither of which are, are ableist because I, I looked them up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they use crazy and insane quite a bit on yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And as I'm trying to eliminate that from my vocabulary, I, I notice it more. Yes, you do. Which I find interesting. Yep. So, no. Yeah, you're no. actively working to try and omit that language. Yeah. Um, I recently um, hung out with a friend and they were dropping in every other word. And I eventually had to say like, hey, like I'm not cool with that kind of language because we hadn't seen each other in a year. And with our schedules, things mm-hmm. have been really, really hectic. So I didn't want to like yell at them because it's not their fault. They didn't know that like, hey, I'm not really cool with those words. Can we Mm -hmm. work on changing our language a little bit when it comes to that? But once I brought it to their attention, they actively started working on it and they started noticing it. But I I understand completely. I've been actually rewatching some of the shows from like the 90s. (laughs) I'm not going to say which ones, but I have been like kind of rejourneying through and I'm like, oh. That's, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah, slightly some of it doesn't problematic. <laughs> no. Talked about uh, mini terrain domain, and of course, um, mini terrain domain is extended family here at Fortner. Yeah. Why did you decide to join mini terrain domain? How did that conversation come up? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, how does the relationship between you, Dwight, and Jake work? What's the balance? What is that? What is it all about? <laughs> um, so shortly after um, I had kind of left the community I talked about at the beginning um, that had been disbanded, I had a little bit of time to kind of go off on my own. Um, and I was still in touch with Jake and Dwight because I had been uh, working with them through um, Jasper's last year um, and a couple of other events they had been on our channel. Uh, for some stream games too, uh, for one shots. So I had had a bit of communication, uh, but I remember, <laughs> I remember Jake was like, Hey, are you free for a second? <laughs> and I was like, sure. Like, what's up? I'm, I have no idea what this could be. I don't know. Um, but, uh, that was when then the question was asked, Hey, would you want to join mini train domain? Um, and I was extremely humbled and flattered. Um, the imposter syndrome was very real because I was like, me? Are you sure? Um, <laughs> uh, did you mean like this person? Like <laughs> it was very much that kind of feeling. Um, but we talked it over and um it's we're all equal. It's there's no like oh hierarchy. Yes, Jake is is you know created many terrain domain, but we're our, uh, we are our own kind of bosses in that sense. We work together on different things. I will ask Jake and, and Dwight's opinions on different things. We collaborate. Um, Dwight's been really taking up the uh, mini painting and, and uh, the other TTRPG games such as Star Wars. Um, Jake has been handling uh, most of the TTRPG games. And then I come in more so on the like gaming side of things, such as the video games, but also TTRPGs too. Um, and we're all extremely supportive of each other. Um, you know, it's not that <laughs> it's not that okay, we can't kind of jump into each other's kind of different bandwidths. No, we see it as that as a perfect opportunity for collaboration, for supporting each other, etc. Um, and they're just, I mean, they're amazing, right? I Love still, them. I still haven't played Sea of Thieves with them need to change that mm-hmm. need to um and i need to get them into dead by daylight i also need to get you into dead by daylight you'll be fine <laughs> custom games are fun um but it's just been really great um it's nice because i feel like even though i'm, I'm in mini terrain domain i've kind of been taken under jake and dwight's wing because they've been in this space a little bit longer than i have and they know the in and ins and outs and how to do things, especially production, a lot cleaner. So, and that is something that I'm trying to do more of. So I feel very comfortable like, hey, OBS is doing this today. <laughs> do you know what might be going on? 
or is there an easier way to do this? Um, and, and usually within like a couple minutes, we're able to figure something out. Um, but they're just extremely supportive. Um, it's also been nice too, because I've been able to explore other TTRPG games. Like I played Star Wars for the first time this year. I know nothing about Star Wars. I just want to preface that. Absolutely nothing. I wasn't a Star Wars kid. I know Luke, I am your father. And I know about Baby Yoda, which is my favorite thing ever. But that's about it. Um, but I got to play in the system and that was really cool. Um, and I've been um, asked to do like a Call of Cthulhu game. And I've been itching to play that. So like, it's great that we can kind of expand each other's worlds in different ways. Um, you know, through Jake, I've been able to get to know you a bit better and, and we have a steady campaign and, um, you know, we're really getting into it, I feel as a group. So it's been nice to have that and just have that support. I think in the TTRPG community, we're all looking for like a found family or a group that we can just connect with. Um, and even though we're across the country, thanks to whatever, video meeting space we might be in it's literally like you're in the next room or you're right next this podcast brought to you by zoom <laughs> um obviously mondays are fun again because mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. you mentioned on mini terrain domain at 8 p.m eastern time you myself dwight ricky and carrie under yeah. the watchful gaze of DM Jake Norman, yes, are unraveling the Candlekeep mysteries. Oh goodness, yes, we are. What what about that campaign has surprised you? Has there been a moment that you just said, "Whoa!" So far, I mean, we've done eleven sessions, so we've got some some meat in us now. And and what was has been your favorite moment of the campaign so far? If you're not watching twitch.tv slash mini terrain domain yeah that's so good um (laughs) i will say uh so i i've been intermittent just because work has been a little bit uh busy um but when we started off and i'm trying to be very careful because i have some friends that will eventually be doing candle keep so i'm trying to stay away from spoiler things but when we were in the mansion and we got told that we have to solve a riddle of sorts and we were struggling trying to figure out this riddle. And I took, I think it was a week off because of work. And then I came back and I was like, oh, it's this. <laughs> that was really just a cool kind of moment. Um, honestly, I've just, Jake is little one. Oh my goodness. Little yeah. one cannot die. We will riot if little <laughs> one dies. Um but I have to say the one that's kind of jumping out in my mind right now um, is from our most recent uh, Monday night. And it's <laughs> talk is trying to open the door. He's doing the knock. <laughs> the Sarah's like, no. <laughs> and trying to block me like, you kick it. And I was like, no. <laughs> like trying to like react to it. And I think I was just so surprised in the moment. But then I thought I was like, oh, doc would totally do that. But like, no <laughs> i mean he was the plan from his perspective was to try and talk to them and reason mm-hmm. with them so of course what the most polite thing you can do is do knock, knock on, on the, the door, door. Yeah, no <laughs> um i think it's just been really seeing the dynamic really change from that first session yes we've had 11 sessions mm-hmm. but we're really all coming into our own i think a lot more than other campaigns that I've been in um you know normally it's taken like okay we're on like episode 30 and now the group is actually really starting to pull together I feel like we are all pulling together the synchronicity between all of us is working really well um we have some magic we have a lot of DPS which I'm listen I'm not used to rolling that well (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) um but then there's humor, there's comedy, there's emotions. I've cried already. Like <laughs> there's so many things and it just makes me so excited, but also totally terrified for what's coming ahead. Um, because I know there, 
I've seen Jake DM and I've, I've been lucky to have Jake as a DM before for one shots. I love the lighter stuff. I know we're going to be dipping into the dark stuff very soon and I love it, but I'm also terrified. Yeah. So. It's uh, not what well, this is coming out on Tuesday. So mm-hmm. if you watched Monday's episode, you may have seen some of that dark stuff. Yeah. No spoilers though. Yeah, I feel like some some people's backstories are are uh, pulling a dock and coming a knocking. Um, I'm feeling that a a little bit. Um, (laughs) Just I'm paying attention. One of my things that I like to do is I like to try and figure out the backstory. I'm never going to say it because I don't I don't want it confirmed until like the player as that person is telling me their backstory or that's being revealed in story. But I like to try and guess um, or try to put the like, okay, Doc is like this. He likes plants because, I don't know, maybe he, he did a lot of gardening when he was, you know, before. But how did Doc come to be? Hmm. Well, there's been a lot of these kind of jokes, maybe. But also, Gary could also just be pulling a massive fast one on all of us. So I don't know. <laughs> there's there's all these questions that are kind of burning in your brain in terms of like that. Or like uh, Tira. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's so layered. Um, so it's just, it's been very cool. I'm very excited. Uh, but if anyone kills Soren, I will have problems. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel the same way about Frank the Flower Pot. I love you hang him in the shots too and you move him around when he's moving. <laughs> yep. It's uh, definitely one of my, one of the highlights of my TTRPG streaming career was uh, letting Frank go for the first time. Oh. <laughs> Having him fly through the air. But for those of you who haven't checked it out, I would encourage you to do so. I will include the link in the show notes. You can see myself and Jordan every Monday night over on Mini Train Domain. Jordan, this has been a great conversation. Thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sad it's over, but we'll have to do it again. A hundred percent. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you. See you on Monday. See ya. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. Have you subscribed yet? No, like, that's a real question. It's not rhetorical. Like, did you? It's always good having you join me. And remember, if the die is cocked, it doesn't count. I look forward to chatting with you again next week.